Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Hope Sebastian Taylor. Thank you and welcome to the Saturday Report, friends, with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur bartender. Welcome to AWSM Radio, an independent digital-only radio station that plays today's best music, old-school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. AWSM Radio focuses on mainstream artists, independent artists, along with a variety of interesting talk and music shows throughout the day, such as mine. All we do is entertain, inspire, and inform. And my friends, I want to engage with you and have you be part of my conversation here on my show. So, find me on Twitter and Rizzle, which is a great app, which you should be on, at Colt S. Taylor, and catch up with all the news that I'm reading and all my adventures throughout the week at ColtSebastianTaylor.com. All right, friends, let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. It's time once again for my favorite segment. It's the Kanye West 2020 presidential update. Yeezy for Prez. Yeezy 2020 running under the line, the birthday party. Uh, nothing too much in new news in terms of getting on the ballots. I mean, it's pretty much a done deal. Uh, if you live in the states of Arkansas, Colorado, uh, Idaho, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Minnesota, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Utah, and Vermont, you, my friends, will have the opportunity to vote for Kanye West, uh, the only state which is even remotely considered to be a swing state is Minnesota, so don't see him doing much in the way of uh, swinging the election one way or another. Uh, he did pick up a new endorsement, uh, Martin Scarelli. Who's that? Uh, the pharma bro, you know, that, uh, that strapping young lad who jacked up the prices on some life-saving uh, drugs to make lots of money and is now in jail. Or awaiting jail. I didn't say jail. He might be in jail now for fraud. That guy. That guy has endorsed uh, Kanye West because, you know, why not? Now, the thing I want to focus on this week here that I just find to be fascinating is that uh, if you run for president, you have to submit financial reports uh, letting uh, the... FEC, the Federal Election uh, Commission, know where you're getting your money from. If you're contributing your own money, if you're getting money from other people. Well, Kanye West thus far has raised $6,771,472.66. That is a lot of money. However, of that money, only $11,472.66. Dollars and sixty six cents are from other people. So he has loaned himself six point seven million dollars to run his campaign, and he has uh, an outstanding debt of about one point two million dollars to consultants. Again, I'm in the wrong business. I should be I should be ditching this show and trying to become a Kanye West presidential consultant. So again. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, you have to submit detailed reports of where you're getting your money. So he has not raised a whole lot of money. But he, someone gave him $500 in Arizona, $1,500 in California, $250 in Minnesota, and $1,000 in New York. And then a bunch of smaller 
individual contribution. So he is not raising a ton of money to support his presidential run. He's basically self-funding himself. Um, in terms of polling, not doing great. Uh, I may have mentioned this last week. I don't know if this was available, but uh, it, it doesn't really matter because nothing much has changed. Uh, a polling source named Ledger has polled uh, four times since August uh, 21st, and in each of those polls, I'm sorry to say that Mr. West is coming at 1% every single time. Um, I don't think he's going to make the debate stage as as much as we would all like to see it. I don't think he's going to be up there. And uh, I haven't really seen anything with him campaigning. He's He's now more threatening to withhold product from brands. Uh, I read that... Uh, his uh his his main squeeze Kim Kardashian apparently has divorce plans all laid out and just like you know if I've had enough all she has to do is just pull the lever and divorce is on its way so she's hoping apparently from the reports that I read she is hoping he comes back down to where he was now he's obviously suffering some of a mental health crisis right now so but. She's starting to, apparently, apparently, allegedly, starting to get just a little bit tired of all this. So that's my Kanye West update. I'll, of course, we'll have another one next week. And I will, of course, once election results are finalized, I want to see which state he gets the most votes in. I'm going to say it's either going to be Colorado or Louisiana, I think, is where he's going to get the most votes. I could be wrong. Could be a big Kanye West contingent in Arkansas, but I feel like those are the two places that he would do best. Now, from the strange world of politics to the strange world of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, so, I had mentioned in previous episodes here about the hurricane season. I mean, I'm a weather nerd. I love weather. But this hurricane season has been a busy one. How busy? Well, we have run out of names. Of hurricanes. Yes, that's right, friends. Every year, the Hurricane Center puts out a list of like 23 names. They skip a few letters. They, they use every year. And usually, this is enough names to, you know, ride out the season. They usually don't get to the end of the list. Only once in the past have they run out of names. And this year is the second time they have run out of hurricane names. Uh, the last name on the list was Wilfred. Blew through that past that one. There was a tropical storm Alpha. Uh, they, after they run out of names, they go to the Greek alphabet. So there was a tropical storm Alpha, which formed off of the coast of Portugal, which is the farthest east tropical storm ever formed. And then there was a tropical storm Beta that formed off the coast of Texas and just dumped a ton of rain in there. So while this has been a very busy hurricane season, the storms themselves have not been as powerful as, let's say, hurricanes in the past, where we had multiple really intense hurricanes strike and whatnot. Plenty of damage has been done this year. Uh, not not going to discount that, but uh, the hurricanes as a whole have been a whole not as, as powerful in the past. However, however, uh, running out of names, this is the fastest we've blown through the list of all time. Um, when we ran out of names previously, this is like late October, late November, uh, hurricane season ends November 30th, technically speaking. So um, unless it's super quiet between now and November, 
there is a very good chance this is going to be the most active hurricane season of all time. Um, the last time, I think we went through five or six letters in 2005 into the Greek alphabet. We might hit that again, if not go further. Good news is that right now, at this hour, there are no current uh, hurricanes in the Atlantic Ocean or tropical storms or even areas that they're concerned about. Uh, another weird thing that happened this year is that there was a zombie storm. Oh, it's a zombie storm. Well, uh, Hurricane Paulette uh, went through the Atlantic Ocean, hit Bermuda, and then eventually they stopped following hurricanes once they don't have tropical characteristics I don't know what the mechanisms are. It's very technical, but sometimes storms are just big storms. And other times storms are tropical storms. It deals with, like, heat in the clouds. Well, anyways, tropical, Hurricane Paulette turned into a non-tropical storm, okay? So it was no longer a hurricane, no longer a tropical storm. It was just a big storm that used to be the, the remains of Paulette. Uh, usually, these storms don't get names. They're just big storms that... Flare up and flame out. This storm, however, Paulette, was a big storm in the northern Atlantic, drifted south, and then reformed with tropical characteristics. So it came back to life as a tropical storm, Paulette, once again, and then finally dissipated and, and fizzled out. So uh, it's happened in the past. It is not very common uh, for a storm to uh, no longer become a hurricane, no longer become a tropical storm, be a powerful storm, and then drift south and become a tropical storm and hurricane once again. So that is, I thought like, oh, zombie storm. Oh, it's 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Next, friends, we go overseas in the other direction to Thailand, where a vacationer uh, lost his phone. I know, not breaking news that you think would meet a level of journalistic, uh, you know, standards here on the Saturday Fourth, Colt of and Taylor, but this person found his phone. Again, you're saying to yourself, Colt, people lose and find their phones every single day of the year. Why is this a story? Well, my friends, this guy found some photos on there that he did not take. Again, you're saying, Colt, people lose phones People find phones, take pictures, then return them to other people for a laugh all the time. All the time. What's what's the difference here? Well, it turns out that this phone from this uh, vacationer in Thailand was stolen by local monkeys. Um, a lot of these resorts, they have monkeys that sort of hang out at the resort and they're kind of attraction. But they also steal a lot of stuff. Food, trinkets, watches, and sometimes cell phones. So apparently, while this gentleman was sleeping, a monkey kind of wandered into his room through an open window, went through his stuff, took his phone, and left. And then was playing with it, somehow opened up the camera, and took a bunch of selfies of himself and others and foliage and, and trees and whatnot. Eventually got bored and threw the phone away that was finally found by a hotel employee. So obviously, monkey wasn't doing it on purpose. He just found something shiny, was slapping his hand in it and was taking a bunch of pictures. So this vacationer uh, felt a surprise on his uh, phone with uh, with these monkey selfies. Now, this reminds me of another story. Um, this famous photographer set a camera loaded with a, you know, charged with a digital card and letting uh, 
animals play with it. A monkey picked up this camera and took a very funny selfie of itself. And then the photographer got sued by animal rights activists saying, hey, you don't own the copyright to that photo. This monkey does. And so the monkey should get all of the rights to this photo. Anyways, this went to court, obviously. The court said, no, an animal cannot have a copyright over a photo. This gentleman has a copyright of the photo. But the photographer in this case said he would donate 25% of the profits of... uh, if he sold the photo, it would all the profits from the photo. Now the twenty five percent of the profits would then be donated to the reserve where this monkey lived to help preserve its environment. So, anyways, moral of the story: uh, don't let monkeys uh, get a hold of your phone or your camera because a they might smash it, and b uh, you'll get a bunch of selfies of them. And uh, also, pro tip: don't try to take anything away back from these monkeys. They've been known to attack and swarm tourists, biting and scratching them uh, if they feel threatened. So best just let them to have the phone. Now, friends, we go to sports. Uh, last week, I mentioned a drone that had interrupted a baseball game landing in the, in, in the outfield. And they had to pull everyone off of the field until they could figure out what to do with the drone. And then the drone took off and left. Well, there was another delay uh, recently. Uh, at a Yankees Red Sox game, uh, as you know, <clears throat> as you know, uh, most baseball games, if not all, have no fans in the crowd. They have cardboard cutouts, et cetera, et cetera. Well, in Boston, a fan scaled the fence. Apparently, no one noticed. Scaled the fence, got up into the stand, climbed down into a platform where there were cameras. And began yelling at the players uh, and then throwing hats onto the field. Now, I've seen the clip. Uh, The gentleman looks like that. Perhaps he's having some uh, mental health uh, crises at the moment. Just screaming at the players, throwing these look look like handmade, homemade hats on the field. Well, as you might imagine, police and security were not pleased. They went after him, but they had a hard time getting a hold of him because he was climbing up and down through the rafters all over this area that's usually reserved for cameramen and and stuff like that. But they eventually got him, hauled him out. Uh, They sent him in for psychiatric evaluation, as one would uh, if they were interrupting a baseball game and throwing hats onto the field and screaming uh, at everyone. Um, I don't... Last time I checked, I don't know if there was any charges because, like I said... It seems like this guy was having a mental health crisis, and this is was this was the result of it. Probably won't be given any ticket stating games next year. Um, they might he might be asked not to come to said stadium, but uh, this is yet another weird <laughs> baseball delay. Drones, crazy folks, twenty twenty boy, boy, it's great. Uh, I also saw. Speaking of baseball, since I live outside of Philadelphia, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies put out, as all teams do, a bunch of bobbleheads throughout the year. Well, apparently they have a, a pair of bobbleheads honoring um, the pandemic response, a bunch of Philly fans getting together and helping with COVID-19 uh, outbreak and helping delivering su- supplies and whatnot. They have a bobblehead honoring them, which are two fans 
behind the fence, one standing on a chair trying to peek over the fence to watch the game, which apparently many people are still doing. Uh, they're going to baseball games, staying at what fences they can stand at to peer in and look what's going on while listening on the radio. Uh, tailgating's been banned, so there are a few diehards out there that are still trying to get as much uh, baseball and football in as possible, even if they have to stand in a terrible spot and just kind of look through a fence to see one part of the field. But I'll tell you who I am a big fan of, my friends. It's my boy, DC. DC is AWSM's in-house DJ, and he mixes it up every Friday at 9 p.m. and Sundays at 10 p.m. on his very own show here, DC Live in Effect. I mean, my friend, you do not want to miss out while he smashes it on the ones and twos, kicking the beats from his super secret, secure South Florida compound. I mean, listen, if you're listening to my show today, you probably heard him last night at 9 p.m. You should really just set your Google Calendar to remind you at 10 p.m. on Sundays, he's back on the air here on AWSM Radio. It's a great show. He's a talented DJ. I highly recommend checking out his show, DC, live in effect here on AWSM Radio. Next, folks, we go to the Carolinas where rescuers uh, rescued a dog. Again, that happens all the time. But this dog was stuck in a series of caves and a sinkhole. Uh, apparently there's lots of caves down there in North Carolina. They are very popular with locals and tourists. I've never been. But, um, recent explorers and, uh, tourists were reporting the sounds of a dog in distress down in this cave. Well, rescue, rescuers went there, checked things out. Uh, you know, sometimes ears play tricks on you. But wouldn't you know it, there was a dog down there. Um, but the dog was very skittish and they couldn't quite get a hold of him to haul him out of the cave. So, um, as one does with any uh, dog, they use treats to lure him out. They use little pieces of beef jerky, bit by bit, to get him come further and further and further out of the cave until they finally scooped him up and took him to an animal rescue shelter. Uh, the dog had no identification, no collar. It was not chipped. It was a little, you know, hungry and dehydrated, but other than that, perfectly healthy. Uh, the Animal Rescue uh, Center gave the dog a name, Sinker, as in for like sinkhole where they kind of found him. And once he gets a clear bill of health, he's going to be available for adoption. Um, so I thought it was a very nice story for me. I mean, I don't tell the best stories on here. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're weird, but I just want a good, a good dog story for you, my friends, and it's great that, you know, rescuers, you know, were able to help this dog. I mean, it's not just a one-person operation. It took quite a few of them to get that dog out of there, and now I really hope that this dog finds a great home. Sinker, I hope he keeps the name, because that's a story. Like, why is, your, why is your dog called Sinker? Well, he's famous. He was in the news. So, Hope Singer lives a nice, long life down there in the Carolinas with belly rubs, treats, and a few table scraps. Well, no, I won't tell anyone. 
But uh, good news, good news, dog rescued in uh, North Carolina. Thought I would bring that story to you this week. Sort of a palate cleanse from all the crazy stuff that we're dealing with here in 2020. Speaking of animals, and as an update from a previous story that I did here, uh, I had mentioned, uh, I don't know, last week or the week before, that a humpback whale had become stranded in the alligator West Alligator River in Australia. Well... Good news, my friends. The humpback whale has managed to find its way out of this river and back into the ocean to its, I guess, two friends who also got lost in the river for a bit. Uh, Fun fact, the West Alligator River is not chock full of alligators. It's full of crocodiles uh, because when they named the river, the early European explorers saw, saw like, oh, whoa, those are alligators. But alligators and crocodiles are two different animals, but they look very similar. Um, so, you know, but the name stuck, but those whales, uh, those whales were able to get out of the river. They are now swimming safely through, uh, the ocean area. Uh, however, they are having issues in other parts of Australia where they've had a lot of beaching of whales for some reason, one of the largest beaching of whales in Australian history that they're still working on. Some whales have been saved, some they couldn't quite get to in time. So they're kind of dealing with somewhat of an issue down there with whales beaching themselves which happens uh, from time to time, and then scientists don't quite... Uh, they, have some, they have some guesses of why it happens, but they don't quite understand fully the reasons behind it. But, like I said, good news from a previous story. The whale stuck in the crocodile-infested river, known as West Alligator River in Australia, has moseyed on back onto the ocean and rejoined its pod. Um, I hope uh, I hope it gets lots of belly rubs and table scraps as well, much like the dog in North Carolina. Next up, friends, is a lost and found story from Hawaii. Uh, Douglas Falter, who is a surfer and a commercial photographer uh, in Hawaii, was surfing in 2018, and he lost his prized surfboard. Now, for those who don't surf, which I do not, but I understand the aspects of it, I've watched the movie Point Break with Patrick Swayze. Um, when you surf, you often fall off. In order so people don't lose their boards or have the board float away and have to spend hours trying to get it, many of them uh, will have the board attached to their ankle with like a little strap, a little strap around their ankles. So they fall off, they pop back up, they can find their board and then get back onto it and surf again. Well, this gentleman, uh, while surfing in 2018, hit a big wave and it snapped and he swam and tried to get it, but it floated away and he had to go back to shore. It was a pretty expensive surfboard. He was very upset that he lost it. He figured that it would pop up, you know, in a week or two somewhere in Hawaii. He had his, you know, contact information on it. Um, But it never did. It floated out to sea. Well, 31 months later and 5,000 miles away in the Philippines, someone found it. It floated across the Pacific Ocean, uh, was picked up by a fisherman, uh, off the coast of the Philippines, and then an elementary school teacher in the Philippines bought it, and uh, you know, was trying to teach it, teach themselves how to surf. Well, because we live in the world of social media, wouldn't you know it? Um, <laughs> this this teacher found the teacher found this photographer and said, "Hey, this is your surfboard," and wouldn't you know it? Um, <laughs> they connected. They connected and they shared some emails and the surfer, uh, Douglas, told him, he just sort of blown away that this board 
floated across the ocean. The guy's teaching himself to surf. So he says, hey, you know what? Keep the board. When the pandemic is over, I'm going to come over there and teach you how to surf and any students who want to surf. And then Douglas started a fundraiser to raise money to buy school supplies for this school out in the Philippines. And as a result of this story, uh, wouldn't you know it, he raised over $2,000, which goes a long way in the Philippines, to help raise money and send supplies and student supplies to the Philippines. And it's, uh, it is pretty, it's a pretty amazing story. This school teacher, um, uh, teaches 144 students in his class, which is just blows my mind. But as soon as the pandemic's over, uh, he's gonna go over there and meet with this guy and teach him how to surf and teach any of the, any of his students who want to surf, um, how to surf, which is, which is really fantastic. And it's amazing. It's amazing that this board floated all the way across the ocean. And you can get the hurricanes, sharks, a boat might have ran it over and split up with its propeller, floated all the way across the Pacific Ocean, landed in the Philippines, and this teacher bought it off a fisherman, uh, probably for pennies, pennies on the dollar. Surfboards are not cheap. This is like a long board. This board is, looking at the pictures here, this board has to be 12 feet long. And I don't know anything about surfboards. Um, yeah, that's a big board. I don't think about surfboards. I don't know what they typically look like, but it's a big thing. And this guy found it, and now as soon as the pandemic over, this this surfer, Douglas, the photographer, he's probably taking lots of pictures, so I'll go to the Philippines and teach a few folks how to surf. Next up, folks, is a story that will likely haunt your dreams for weeks to come. Chuck E. Cheese! The large pizza-based rodent uh, of Chuck E. Cheese, known for its pizza, games, and animatronic you know, shows and occasional ball pits. Well, hey, if you think, boy, I can't get enough of Chuck E. Cheese and his wacky adventures, I'd love to see a live-action movie, cartoon, or show. Well, stop wishing, because it's coming. Apparently, the folks at Chuck E. Cheese, are pursuing and developing these shows to be put out there in the market. Um, as you may know, um, the whole entertainment industry has been hit pretty hard by uh, COVID-19. So places like, you know, uh, Chuck E. Cheese, uh, Medieval Times, um, Renaissance Fairs, have all taken quite a sort of financial hit as people aren't really allowed to come out and congregate in groups, which is pretty much their entire MO. Um, but I guess this is their way to um, make some money by selling some cartoons and shows. I don't know if it's the best business plan. Uh, fun fact about Chuck E. Cheese um, is that, you know, they have obviously food there and pizza, uh, and they want to offer takeout like you know, any other restaurant would uh, during this pandemic time. But people are not very eager to get takeout from Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese found a way around this by having their stores listed online on Yelp and Google not named Chuck E. Cheese. So just sort of some generic pizza name store, depending on where you live, uh, for delivery only. Uh, you can't go there and pick it up. It's it's a Chuck E. Cheese pizza. It's and they've hired drivers so they can still make money off a of location, off the of food and whatnot by selling pizza online and their food online through these online stores. But so that to sort of you know 
to trick people that you're not buying these things from a large rodent in his band. They change the name online so they can get more customers. So in a way, very it's brilliant, really. Also, another way, very deceptive, very deceptive. But anyways, uh, there'll be no deception about this once you see a Chuck E. Cheese cartoon or I guess a live action show. I guess it'll follow their band. I don't know if there'll be folks in suits like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or they'll be wheeling out the creepy animatronics and recording them. We'll see. I will offer you a review if I get my hands on any clips about this terrifying new aspect of Chuck E. Cheese, their live-action show or cartoon. And now, from the lovely food of Chuck E. Cheese to some wine-tasting, yes, my friends, here on the Saturday part with called Sebastian Taylor, it's time to talk about wines. And I'll tell you what, my friends, the vineyard... The vintage of 2020, these wines will likely be terrible. Uh, why? Well, I mean, they may not be, but they're going to be different. Why, you ask? Wildfires. Brad, yourself cold. Is this because, uh, you know, wildfires have burnt down uh, wineries and we've lost vats of wine? No, my friend. Um, it's because of the wildfires putting up so much smoke and ash, it's going to affect the taste of grapes. Uh, grapes are needed to make wine, as you may know. Grapes grow on plants, as you may know, and plants are outside. And if they are constantly pulling in smoke and ash as they grow, it's going to affect every aspect of that plant. And already, people reporting that wines made from some of these grapes do have a distinct, distinct smoky flavor to them. And uh, some people fear that some grapes are going to be so tainted with smoke and ash that you just cannot make a wine out of them. So they could severely impact this year's supply of wines. Um, they are testing grapes right now to see sort of what the content of those grapes are. But it apparently takes a while to test grapes to see what kind of wine they make. So those results apparently are not going to be available to, until November. Uh, Australia has had previous years where... Wildfires have affected their grape supply to make wines. And uh, those years, some wines that required a smokeless grape, they just couldn't make any of it. So there was a shortage. Uh, they did use the grapes to make other red wines and rosés. I'm not a wine drinker, so I don't exactly know what that means. So they, they'll be able to find some use for these grapes, hopefully, unless they're really, really tainted with smoke. But uh, some wines could be in shortage this year. The president of, uh, I guess, the U.S. Winemaking Association said that the wildfires this year in California, Oregon, Washington, and the West Coast are the single greatest disaster for winemaking ever. So it's going to severely impact uh, the types of wines, the quality of wines, what wines are available this year. Uh, they're not exactly sure how it's going to, to, to span out, but, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Like, I didn't think I would, I, when I saw the story, read into it, and I didn't think that that was a thing, that the smoke would affect, I mean, it makes sense thinking about it, but it never crossed my mind that massive amounts of smoke, the kind of smoke that turns the sky red and the, the street lights on at noon because there's so much smoke in the air would affect vineyards. I mean, makes sense, but did not cross my mind 
pretty amazing stuff. So um, they're, they're already making wines from these grapes. And early reports saying, okay, not too bad. Definitely tastes smoky. Smoky, like a, like a barbecue campfire taste to it. But that might be a very, that might be a niche market for some people. Some people might enjoy that taste. Purists, probably not so much. But uh, be on the lookout for different wines this year. They might be, you know, they might, they might remarket them and put some special labels on them. You know, like, you know, you know, if you say, like, this is a rare wine, this is a wildfire wine, that might be a good way to sell it. I mean, make if you make something sound like, hey, this is the only time you're going to be able to get this, they might scoop it up. Like, oh, this tastes terrible, but this is the only time I can taste terrible wine. It's all about marketing. It's all about marketing, my friends. Speaking of marketing, and she practically needs none because she is fantastic, I only bring it up on my show because she's my pal, Rocks and the Rock Sessions. It is a drive-time show. Monday, It's on Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., making sure that your evening commute home is fun, featuring the hottest music on the charts and some surprises in between. She will make it rock, rock style. She is fantastic. If you, my friends, are missing this show, I, I, what's wrong with you? You are driving probably between 5 p.m. and 7 p.m., Monday through Friday, Pop on to AWSM Radio. Listen to my friend Rox. You will enjoy it. She plays great music, chimes in with these great stories. Listen, you tell her that Colt Sebastian Taylor sent you, and you'll get nothing, but it'll be funny if she yells at me to stop, to stop doing that. Because as much as I enjoy her, I love to annoy her. <laughs> the Rock Sessions, Monday through Friday. 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. here on AWSM Radio. Next up, a story uh, that I did previously, an update. TikTok. TikTok. The app that all the kids use when they're dancing and they're moving in their political statements. Well, uh, it was set to be banned on September 20th, but a judge postponed that for seven days until September 27th while TikTok tried to work out a deal. Uh, It was originally going to be working with Microsoft. That fell through. And apparently there's a deal between TikTok and Oracle and Walmart. Oracle and Walmart, yes, Walmart, are teaming up together to buy the part of TikTok that would satisfy the U.S. government in banning it. Uh, no word yet of what exactly that will look like or even chi- even if China will agree to the sale. If China says, nope, no sale, then TikTok will be banned from being downloaded in the United States starting September 27th. Those who have the app will still be able to use it, but will not be able to get any updates or anything like that. And will find that its uh, functionality will start to degrade and probably finally stop working come November or December. Um, Don't know what's going on here. Things are very messy, kind of on hold, but we should know more by Sunday, September 27th to see what's going on. And uh, I will have an update for you next week, probably a quick one, to let you know what's going on with the TikTok. Finally, friends, last story for this report. It's about Bill Murray, one of the greatest American treasures of all time. Well, Bill Murray got a legal demand from the Doobie Brothers. Now, uh, Bill Murray is selling uh, a a short line, golf short line, called Zero Hucks Given. Um, you know, a little play on words. And he's been using some classic music in his commercials, including two 
Listen to the Music by the Doobie Brothers. And the lawyer of the Doobie Brothers sent uh, Bill Murray a request to stop using the music. And it is, oh, it's everything that you would want it to be. In fact, I'm going to read the letter to you right now. Remember, this is a legal demand from the Doobie Brothers to Bill Murray. Dear Mr. Murray, we're writing on behalf of our clients, the Doobie Brothers. The Doobie Brothers perform and record the song, Listen to the Music, which Tom Johnson of the Doobie Brothers wrote, It is a fine song. I know you agree because you keep using it in the ads for your zero hucks given golf shirts. However, given that you haven't paid to use it, maybe you should change the company name to Zero Bucks Given. We understand that you're running other ads using music from our other clients. It seems like the only person who uses our clients' musics without permission more than you is Donald Trump. This is the part where I'm supposed to cite the United States Copyright Act, exhorate you for not complying with some subparagraph that I'm too lazy to look up, and threaten you with eternal damnation for doing so. But you already earned that with those Garfield movies. <laughs> and you already know you can't use music and ads without paying for it. We'd almost be okay with it if the shirts weren't so damn ugly. But it is what it is. So the immortal words of Jean-Paul Sartre, au revoir, golfer, et pièce. So, <laughs> so uh, the lawyer slammed Bill Murray for his awful Garfield movies. And listen, as much as I am I a fan of Bill, Bill Murray, the Garfield movies are pretty terrible. Even Bill Murray admits that they are. And then he gives him a little slam about Donald Trump using the music without permission uh, more than he does. Uh, no word yet. This letter was only issued, gosh, uh, within the last five days. No word yet um, from Bill Murray of what exactly he's going to do. He might pay for it. He may double down. He may do a funny thing back. But uh, the Doobie Brothers would appreciate if Bill Murray did not use his music. Uh, now, as I mentioned, Bill Murray is selling these shirts, uh, zero hucks given. They are golf shirts. Uh, he is a big-time golfer. You may remember him from Caddyshack, uh, the first movie, and he has always enjoyed golfing since then. Do you know how old Bill Murray is? He has just turned 70 years old. He is 70 years old. Can you I, – I mean, I knew he was old, but it makes sense, 70, but – he looks fantastic for being 70 years old. Uh, and he's still doing his thing and uh, doing, been selling these shirts. Here's a question for you, my friends. What is your favorite Bill Murray movie? Uh, obviously, you've got Ghostbusters, classic. Lost in Translation, also a great one. He's made random appearances in um, uh, Wild Things, which is a weird movie. He plays kind of a corrupt lawyer. Kingpin. Another great movie. What about Bob, Groundhog Day? I mean, there's so many great Bill Murray movies out there that it's hard to pick from. Also, a few stinkers, like Garfield. Uh, I don't think I'll be having Bill Murray on the show anytime soon, but tell you what, my friends. I will, for about 10 to 20 minutes, try really hard to, really, really hard to get Bill Murray on the show. Well, my friends, that just about wraps up my Saturday report here. Uh, with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Thank you for joining me today. Remember, you can find me on Twitter and Rizzle at Colt S. Taylor. Feel free to engage with me on there if you think there's a new story I need to cover or that I've missed something. And of course, if you need a daily 
place for reliable news, go to ColtSebastianTaylor.com where I post more news items every day. And I would be remiss not to tell you that I am an official brand ambassador at Social Globe. So uh, pretty soon this weekend, you'll be able to check my website and see what brands I am field testing and testing out for you. They give you my recommendations. So listen, Colt Sebastian Taylor is the place to go for this stuff, that stuff, and past episodes of the Sad Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. I mean, just you should, do, you really should just bookmark it. Okay, my friends. Until next week, I am, of course, your friend, Colt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later. <laughs>